This morning, our scripture comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, the calling of Matthew. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. And while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. This is the word for us this morning. Let us pray. God, we hear these words and this scripture that, that you have prepared for us this morning to read. And God, we know it's no accident. We know that these words were meant for us. And the words that you prepared through Mike to give are meant for people in this room. Because God, all the people in this room, there is not one righteous person in this room. We are all sinners. We are all broken. And we all fall short at times. But yet... You call every single one of us to the path of discipleship. God, as we reflect on that call and what that means and, and what pl- things you have put in our place, let us not turn a blind eye to it. Let us not look away from the things that you have told us what we need to do. Let us be like Matthew and get up from what we're doing and the jo- whatever you have us doing to follow you. God, it's the most important thing. So let us take that invitation from you. The way you invite us to follow you. And then, God, let us take that invitation as disciples and turn it to others to invite them to follow you as well. This is what will bring heaven here on earth, your kingdom come. God, let us take this call seriously in our lives. It's your name we pray. Amen. Today I want to share an invitation, an invitation and a reminder as I come to the, to the sermon. The invitation is, if you've been part of Marian Methodist for a little while, maybe you've been coming through the summer even before that, and said, you know, I'd like to be a part of that fellowship, <clears throat> you see that we have a membership class next Sunday following this service. You're invited. I encourage you to go on the website uh, email directly Karen or even grab us today and say I'll be there so we buy a lunch for you and uh, we'd love to have you um, join us. Secondly, um, the reminder, uh, we all know that we're in the midst of COVID and the Delta variant, variant is out there and so I want to encourage you, those of you that are watching as the church online, those of you that are here, it's important for us to gather as the church and it's also important for us to advocate for our own health. Um, that's to say this, that we know that we'll see uh, masks among us for a long time. We want you to feel welcomed and invited to wear a, wear a mask um, because we need to take care of ourselves. Uh, and so don't miss that. Um, we have uh, in this room, as you're watching online, if you're not here, uh, handfuls of us that are feeling comfortable that way, and we encourage you to feel the same. So uh, don't stay away uh, if you're comfortable coming, even if you desire to wear a mask. Would you go with me as we pray? Uh, to prepare for this uh, teaching. God, we so love the fact that we were able to have Vacation Bible School 
this past week. We so love the fact that this place was a place of noise and exhilaration this week. We thank you for uh, providing the aptitude for many to come as children, and we thank you for the, the volunteeristic spirit of those that were willing to be among the teachers and the leaders. And we pray right now, Lord, that the message that was taught every single day over and over again to the children and to the teachers, that you are God treasure, God's treasures and nothing can rip you out uh, of God's heart. You are God's treasures and you are most precious beyond every creation continues to resonate in their heart and it resides there for all of their lives. And Lord, we pray that this morning our, our minds are open to the powerful truths of your scriptures. Lord, I was reminded over and over this week as I prepared for this meeting of that gate outside the holy city of Capernaum where and not only is it called this, the town of Jesus, but where no doubt with the Sea of Galilee just a few yards away that Matthew sat in his booth as a tax collector awaiting those that had harvested something, awaiting those that had fished from the sea to pay their taxes and it just electrified my spirit lord so i ask that you might electrify this message so that as it's preached the holy spirit might come forth even from the mouth of a very failed human being to transform the lives of those that are gathered here and i i pray lord that our hearts might be broken open that ourselves and our way and our will might be poured out and that you might pour yourself into us and fill us for your our living in your kingdom in jesus name we pray these things Amen. Invitations are powerful. We cannot debate that. We know that to be true from our own experience. An invitation, when we receive an invitation, an invitation makes us feel special. Just a few weeks ago, I received this fancy envelope that Teresa and I got in our mail, and it, it didn't have a window on it. It wasn't from somebody that needed me to upgrade my car warranty or to pay for my trees to be removed after the derecho. No. It was an invitation to a very special moment in Daniel and Janae's life coming up here next week. It's, it's great to get a fancy envelope because you know it's not a bill and you know it's to something special. And you know that you're being invited to be part of something that's very important to a family. We love that kind of invitation, don't we? That kind of inclusion. You know, the common invitation is important too. I, I know that over the past few weeks, you know, many of you were lighting off fireworks in your neighborhoods, right? And on 4th of July, our neighbor who had a whole truckload of fireworks says, hey, why don't you guys come on over for fireworks and s'mores? I, I know it's a simple thing, but, but that little simple invitation, you know, made us feel special. Even though we only had to walk from, from here to there, only had to even bring our own chairs. But invitations are special. That's just the truth. They make us feel special. And an invitation makes us feel wanted and accepted. Not too long ago, um, one of the high school boys, a graduating senior, you know, not too many high school kids know how to use the phone app on their phone, you know. So he texted me. He says, what's your address, Pastor Mike? And I, I sent it to him, and later that week, an invitation in the mail to his graduation party to, to experience a, a, a Saturday afternoon of pulled pork and ice cream. It was great. 
right? But, but, but you know, when you get that invitation like that, what, what, what they're saying to you is, dude, you're in my inner circle. You're, you're one of my people. You're important. And, and, and Teresa and I both felt accepted as, as part of his crew. Now, all this I say to point to the message of today's scripture. Jesus is a powerful inviter, a powerful inviter. And just like those invitations that I just shared with you that I received, every invitation that you've ever received demands a response. It requires a response. So here's a pop quiz. And by the way, there are some people at the first service that got this right. Okay? I'm not saying I underestimate you. I'm just wondering. Pop quiz. Does anyone here know what RSVP really stands for? Say it again. In, say it again in, in French, right? There you go. What she said, right? I was going to read it to you, but it wouldn't even come out French. In English, it means please reply. But it's a French phrase that says please reply. And, and, and that's just a simple message. You know, when, when somebody invites you to something, don't ghost your friends. Don't just blow it off. Don't say I'll get it later. Even if their, web, even if their wedding web, website seems impossible to navigate through. Don't ghost your friends. You know, and don't just show up. Don't just show up without re responding. I've always thought that, you know, after doling out the cash for two of my kids to get married, I always thought that maybe fathers of the bride who mostly do that should have like a couple of paper plates at the reception. And if somebody comes by and they didn't RSVP, you say, okay, here's a Lunchable for you. You're in the Lunchable section, right? You know, don't do that to your friends. Don't, 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 don't do that. But Matthew got an invitation, and he did not resist it. He didn't dispute the invitation he received. He acted on it just immediately. He immediately acted upon it. And, and as Simon explained a little bit, Matthew left a very lucrative career to follow Jesus. Matthew was a tax collector. Now, let me explain a little bit how that does, because we don't have any no Roman tax collectors here this morning, right? Maybe a few online. But let me explain how a Roman tax collector worked. There were certain areas broken out, certain areas that geographically that a tax collector would be assigned to. And how you became the tax collector for that area is the Romans put out, you know, a request for a proposal. How much are you willing to pay to be the tax collector in that area? And if you won the bid, you paid it up front. You didn't collect the taxes first. You paid up front what you told the Romans you were going to collect. So therefore, you would expand how much you were going to collect, and you'd have a couple of lackeys and thugs that would help you do that. And so even though you might be paying the Romans this much, you're probably collecting this much. Now, no one has ever loved, unless they were married to them, the tax man, right? But, but, but you can see how Matthew became very wealthy and so when jesus said follow me he risked everything everything that he was and was probably going to become economically he risked everything and followed jesus so matthew's obedience bears witness to the fact that jesus chose the exact right time to extend it the exact right time for that invitation matthew's heart must have been ripening maybe for weeks or months. I mean, we know how ours is. He was probably aching and hurting and feeling something lacking in his life. 
And when Matthew is called by Jesus, his response elevates him from sinner to apostle, just like that. He goes from sinner to apostle, from bottom to top. You know, someone was talking to me about this, about how, how Matthew came from kind of the lower stratosphere of the Jewish community to the top in one moment. And, and, and how odd that seems, but we need to understand that the one who calls us is the one who has the power to undo all of our offenses. He, he's able to undo everything that we've done wrong. I, maybe you need to hear it from a high school kid. I had a high school kid explain this to me once at summer games a number of years back. He was talking about how Jesus takes our sins away. He says, you know, Pastor Mike, thanks to you, pointing at me, and you telling the congregation once that our kids, our children, could never leave the house on Saturday until their chores were done, he says, we get to do that now too. I said, you're welcome. I bless your parents. But he says, one of, my, one of my responsibilities is to clean the kitchen, the counters and stuff. And he says, my mom has these things called the magic eraser. I said, have you ever heard of them? Pastor Mike, I said, yeah, I've heard of them. He says, it's cool. You just wipe them, and no matter what's on the counter, that thing magically removes all the stains. He says, that's what Jesus is like. There's no magic, but he erases all of your sins. You see, he has the power to undo all of our offenses. Our stains are fully and completely removed when we respond to the invitation that Christ puts on our lives. And we know this to be true, too. The newly cleansed, people who have just received that cleansing, the ones that have grant, been granted a fresh start, they want their people to know it and experience it too. I was out here, you know, during Bible school this week, and there was a couple of moms talking. I, I get it that I'm kind of an old fogey, because when I need groceries, I like go to a store. They were talking about how they have them delivered to them. And one of them would say, oh, we just started Blue Apron. We love it. And that's, you know, they bring boxes to your house and stuff like that. You've got to try it, she says. You, 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 you must try it. That's how someone acts when they've tried something new and they've received something new and they want their friends to know about it. This is great for us. That's what she was saying. This is great for us. You should try it. I, I want for you what I have myself I, I want you to have it too and and anybody that <clears throat> has ever experienced anything like that they want their friends to know if you've ever broken addiction an addiction you, you want to invite your friends to if you've ever stopped drinking you want your friends that are in that still to do it if you've ever stopped smoking same thing. if you've ever broke any kind of addiction you want anybody else that's had it and by the way praise god i i was able to be part of a uh, of a brief moment this morning where one of our guys received his six-year chip in AA. So that means he's been sober six years. Praise God. It works. And guess what? He wants anybody that's in it to get sober too. He, he wants to invite everyone. So the, the, the one who has responded to the invitation of Christ and received him as their Lord wants everyone they know to experience that transformation in their lives as well. So Matthew invited his people to Jesus. He wanted them to meet Jesus. He, he wanted them to meet Jesus badly, so he throws a party. <clears throat> and, importantly, Jesus went to the party. Jesus came to the party as Matthew invited him. And, of course, as in the case of many parties, the party poopers were leering in the windows. 
Pharisees were right there. Because for the teachers of the law, Jesus eating with sinners made him a sinner. The New Living Translation asks this question, has the Pharisees asking this question of the disciples. Why does your teacher eat with such scum? The tax collectors, and Simon said this a few moments ago, the tax collectors were seen as backstabbers. They were people who were perceived to have abandoned their own people, the Jewish people, to the benefit of Rome because they were taking the taxes. Somebody would come in off a fishing boat, Matthew would take a bunch of them. Somebody came in from their crops, Matthew would take a bunch of it. And this was from his own people. So Matthew's friends, like our friends, were similar to him. Our friends have a lot to do, a lot in common with us, right? I mean, if we're sports people, a lot of our friends love sports. If we're music people, a lot of our people love music. If we're, you know, on and on and on. Matthew's friends were no doubt other well-to-do, not observant Jews, maybe tax collectors, maybe other kinds of servants to the Roman Empire, maybe some professional mistresses thrown in there too, but they weren't observant Jews. And Jesus, hearing what the Pharisees are saying, is completely unamused by their devaluation of those people that were needing forgiveness, grace, and a new opportunity in life. So he turns to them and says this, now you go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want, to show, I want you to show mercy, not, not offer sacrifices. This is God speaking in that. Jesus is not playing softball here with the leaders of the law. Now, don't mistake this. The Pharisees, we oftentimes, because we're Latter-day Christians, we often see the Pharisees and we hear in our mind, you know, that little Bible school song, I don't want to be a Pharisee. I don't want to be a Pharisee because a Pharisee's not fair, you see. I don't want to be a Pharisee. But in their day... In their day, the Pharisees would have been held in highest esteem because they were those men that followed the laws of the Torah, Matthew, or, or Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, exactly. They followed them word for word. If the book said it, they did it. They were not necessarily robotic, but they were seeking to be faithful. So, so when Jesus starts hurling stuff at them, this is important because what Jesus is saying to him is sacrifice is the chief part of the ceremonial law. When you come to synagogue, when you come to temple, you're supposed to bring a dove, you're supposed to bring a lamb, all that sort of thing. But mercy is compassion for the fallen and seeks to lift them up. Bringing mercy is the work of God and it's the work of those who love him. And so their indictment is, the indictment that Jesus is putting on them is you know the letter of the law but you ignore its spirit. You fully and completely ignore its spirit because you don't care about God's people who are beloved. And you're not nearly as close to God as you think you are. Because the Pharisees felt that Jesus eating with the, with the, with, with, with the sinners made him a sinner. Jesus, for Jesus, eating with the sinners was an opportunity for him to offer forgiveness, grace, and, and new, new opportunity of life. To, to truly understand the need of others, we need to spend some time in their world. I, I watched a news report not too long ago about a doctor in, I think, New Jersey, maybe New York City, I'm not sure. But he was talking about his year in covid and how at first, even though he knew about infectious diseases, he couldn't really see the struggle 
fully and completely at the beginning that people and families were going to go through. And then he, he said this, and I, I actually stopped it, ran it back so I could write down his line. He said this, the physician must endure the corruption of the sick to free them from their infirmity. Meaning, I had to feel the virus. I, I had to feel the, the corruption that it does to the human body. I had to see what it did to, to, to people and to their lives so that I could start freeing them. I mean, he had medicine, but we're talking about care here. Jesus went into the world of the sinners and the outcasts to invite them to the freedom and the fullness of spirit. And the frowns of the pious do not matter when a person's soul is on the line. They just don't. We've known this, and if you read the Gospels, and I have, you understand that the Christian life has never been and is not a popularity contest. It's filled with the risks and it's filled with the frowns of the pious. And Jesus gives this clarity, and it's important for us to understand this truth. It is more important to offer help than to look holy or respectable. Way more important to offer help than to look holy or respectable because God is concerned for all the people in the world and most desperately and most fully is God concerned for those who are sin sick and hurting in their own life. So, so I want to bring this home just for a few minutes. I'm going to ask you to look backward in time in your own life. Maybe it's only a few moments ago. For many, it'll be years ago. Matthew went to his people and invited them. And so the question comes to you, who invited you? Who invited you? Grandpa, mom, dad, some kid that went to Sunday school already and drug you in, somebody in your college community, Billy Graham on television. Who invited you and how would your life be different if you had not been invited to know Christ? What would be different about you? Accepting the invitation to know Jesus transforms us to inviters, or at least it should be. We should become inviters. Your people, whoever they are, your people need an invitation. Don't, please don't come to me and say, all my friends, all the people I know are Christians, because uh, my real answer to that is always, yeah, okay, I doubt that. I got 7,000 contacts on my phone. They're not all Christians, you know? And also, please don't tell me, well, <clears throat> I'm so old that none of my friends will come. That doesn't matter. Our job is to fish. We're to fish for God. We're to invite people. We have people, friends, they might say no, I get that. They might say no 30 times. I had one guy that invited his next-door neighbor every Saturday for 14 years before he finally came to church. He got saved and now is the leader of that particular congregation. But it's not even necessarily inviting them to Marian Methodist. Of course, I want everybody to come to Marian Methodist. I want everybody to get baptized as a Christian and serve God through this church. But they need to be invited to Christ first. And if they come along with you to church, awesome. We'd love to have them. Your people need an invitation. Don't miss that. Let, let, let's sit in something just for a moment longer.
Remember that invitations are powerful. So who are you inviting? Who are you inviting? There is no greater invitation that we can give as a Christian than to know Jesus because he has the words that lead to eternal life. I already told you at the beginning, and you already knew this, invitations make us feel special. Invitations make us feel welcomed and accepted. Don't grip yours with a death grip. Don't hold on to it. Get it sent. Get it delivered. Get it to the people, your people, that are aching and hurting and are ripening for an invitation to come to them that they can say yes to. I know it's not in our power to convert people. It's in our power, though, to invite them to the Jesus who can change their lives. So let's do that. Let's do that. Just that. Make sure everyone knows this one simple thing. To the church of Jesus and to him personally, you're invited. Or you can use the words of the song. To to the church of Jesus, come home. But understand this, that your invitation is simple. It's not like, do you like me more? It's that I love you enough that I want to share what's important to me. To the church of Jesus and to Jesus personally, you, you are invited.